0: <laughs> but we're going to have church anyway, amen? If you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us in singing uh, Hymn 45, Hymn 45, Hymn 45, All Hail the Power. I believe we'll do all verses, All Hail the Power, Hymn 45. <laughs>
1: We thank you lord for bringing us back together this afternoon to worship and to praise you the king of king and the lord of lords we just thank you lord for loving us we thank you lord for sending your only begotten son we thank you lord for what he has done for us on the cross we just pray for anyone here this afternoon that may not know you lord that they mm-hmm. too would choose you today that they would make that change lord we just ask that you would be with our pastor as he brings the message that you have laid upon his heart lord we just pray that Our hearts and our minds will be open for what you have for us. We just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen
2: Amen and
0: amen. Uh, If you're able to uh, turn to hymn 95, hymn 95. Our next hymn will be hymn 95. Now, I know some of you will look at this and say, hey, wait a minute. We're starting a little early on this, aren't we? But um, for the new people, some of you, the the people who you already know the story, but joy to the world is actually talking about Jesus' second coming, not his first coming. Because if you look at verse number four, it said, He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness. That didn't happen the first time around. As a matter of fact, in the first chapter of John, he came into his own, and his own received him not. So how can the nations prove his righteousness if his own people didn't prove his righteousness? But anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on because preacher's gonna preach. But this song that we sing, we sing it at Christmas time. But this is actually a song that that sings of our Lord's second coming, not his first. Let us sing, hymn 95. <laughs>
1: service we're glad that you're here this afternoon uh there i want to encourage you to pick up a bulletin uh out in the foyer so that we know what, what you, so you know what's going on we will make some announcements at the end of the service tonight today to help you but we really need to make sure we keep those things in our schedules amen yep. and there's a lot of things coming up in the month of december and i want you to be at every one you can be at amen. thank you for being here this afternoon and welcome to our service amen. y'all ready to have a good offering say amen amen Amen. so now we need another good we're gonna we're gonna receive the first offering this afternoon amen and if it's not real good we're gonna take an offering you know that if you listen that's why we uh, sometimes we get up and say okay we're gonna take up an offering now no we're gonna receive one Uh, but if it don't go good we may have to take one all right are y'all okay say amen all right amen well let's have a good offering and again Listen, let's uh, remember that this is uh, Thanksgiving, and the best way to be thankful is to give with a cheerful heart. Lord, bless this offering. Pray, God, that you'd bless the gift and the giver. And uh, thank you for our folks that are back this afternoon. Well, we've got some folks that are are not feeling well, and we pray for them, Lord, and ask you, God, to please just raise them up, Lord. And pray, God, that you'd help our folks that are traveling this week for uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, God, but I pray most of all, Lord, that we'll not forget about you. Uh, that, Lord, if we're here, that we'll be in your house ready to worship God. And so we we just give praise and, Lord, just say thank you, Lord, for being who you are and allowing us to be a part of the church, Lord, this side of heaven. We're thankful for that. Bless this offering, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come.
0: We would love for you to join us in singing hymn 615, hymn 615, hymn 615. get a chance to sing that wondrous story, we need to sound the battle cry, amen, hymn 569, hymn 569, sound the battle cry immediately after this hymn, we ask that you please greet each other, amen, at the conclusion of this hymn, we'll do all three verses, sound the battle cry. Yeah that this time
2: The mercy I have found, I could never earn His love on my own. Yet every time I come before His throne, I stand redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I stand redeemed before the great I am. When he looks at me, he sees the Nescar hands that bought my liberty. I stand ready. the blood of the Lamb. I stand redeemed before the great I Am. When He looks at me, He sees the red scarred hands that bought my liberty. I stand redeemed. I stand redeemed by the blood of the
1: Exodus chapter 2, Exodus chapter 2, if you find your place, if you'd please stand in honor of reading God's word this afternoon, I appreciate you standing, you know, how would you like to stand all day while they read? Yeah, Yeah. but they did it, Um, anyway, found your place, amen, Amen. let's read the first 10 verses, all right? It says, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took a wife, or took uh, two wife, a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she gave him, uh, and when she saw him that she, uh, he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit uh, what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the Arkham on the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go? And... "'Call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee.'" And if you notice, she didn't really give her a chance to think about it very long. All right? She said, "'Shall I go call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child?' And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, "'Go,' and the maid went, and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, "'Take this child away, and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages.'" And the woman took the child and nursed it, and the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, because I drew him uh, out of the water. Father, help us, Lord, this afternoon. And uh, Lord, as we begin chapter 2, Lord, on the birth of Moses, I pray God that you would uh, please help us, Lord, to glean from uh, this this life of Moses study those things that will help us challenge us Lord and also strengthen us uh, to walk in the day in which we live and that we might bring honor and glory to Your name. So bless the reading of Your word and we give You praise in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> now we're not really going to get through all these verses, but uh, there's um, there's so much stuff in here. I want to I don't want to get things I've got ready for next week into this week. Uh, so I'll try to stay on point, all right? Uh, so back here in chapter 2, verse 1, we start out and we find out about Moses. And when you think about Moses, there really, there's no Israelite who was born in Egypt had a greater earthly destiny than Moses did. Uh, the birth of Moses, think about this, began the life of the man whom God had chosen, uh, the man whom God had destined to lead his enslaved people, Out of Egypt into freedom. Moses' life. Now think about this. Was destined by God to bring about the destruction of Egypt. The land of Egypt would be made desolate. And the army would be destroyed all through Moses. Amen. Amen. Orchestrated by God. But God used Moses to accomplish all of it. So we back up now, and we start right off in uh, here in, in verses one and two, and, and we'll get to this the other in just a few minutes. But Moses was born in a dangerous time. If you notice, it, he was born in due time, um, when conditions had gotten their very worst in Egypt. For a Jewish boy to be uh, boy to be born, yes, yes. Moses was born. If, in fact, if you go over to Acts chapter seven and verse twenty you'll notice that it says in which time Moses was born. And so the Bible is telling us of how bad the conditions were in Egypt uh, for the Jewish male babies. If you remember back in Exodus chapter 1 and verse 22, uh, you know how all the male babies were to be thrown into the Nile River. Uh, so the Bible tells us about how bad the times were and uh, and then when it tells us about all this, then Scripture turns and focuses on the birth of Moses. See, after describing the conditions that uh, would make the, uh, a successful birth almost impossible uh, for, you know, for a Jewish male baby, I mean, th- then the Bible tells us about the successful birth of Moses. I mean, and to me, that's just an amazing thing. I and mean, if you think about it for just a minute, the, the successful birth of Moses comes at the worst of times. Uh, And it tells us when this happens that God's still on the throne. You see, it doesn't matter how bad things are, God's still on the throne. And when we read this, it tells us that God is almighty. It tells us that he can defy Satan at any time he pleases and and succeed in doing so. Listen, the birth of Moses is not the only time when we witness God defying the best that Satan has to throw at you. It happened at the birth of Christ as well. The most significant birth in the history of man took place, you remember, when Herod, the wicked king Herod, made also a decree that all the children two years old and under would be killed. And then in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, it tells us in the days of Herod, guess what happened? Christ was born. I mean, born to Mary and to Joseph. And listen, when I thought about that, I thought, you know, God loves to show His power when the enemy is the strongest. Amen. Amen. You say, well, why does He do that? Well, because it shows us that God is all-powerful. Amen. so when our trials are at the greatest point, when it seems that Satan is going to overtake us, then be careful. Don't lose faith. Amen. Amen. God is just waiting. Think about it. God hasn't lost control. He's just waiting until the enemy reaches the very pinnacle of, of his power. And then God moves in and proves that his power is even greater and he overcomes that. Amen. That's what we're seeing here. Uh, it was a most dangerous time. But notice in, if you go back in two places, Genesis chapter 15 and verse 13. And then back again in Acts chapter 7 and verse 6 we're reminded that God promised Abraham and his descendants uh, that, that they would be aff- afflicted for 400 years in Egypt. And by the way, God doesn't fall asleep, you know, while he's on watch. Amen. He pays attention uh, to what time it is. Uh, you know, I mean, if you've ever worked, any, y'all work midnight shifts? It's hard to stay awake sometimes. Yeah. I can remember when I worked at a guard shack in a, a swanky kind of uh, apartment complex when we were going to school in, in, in Pontiac, Michigan, in Midwestern, and, and um, you know, you, you sat in there and two or three o'clock in the morning, it got tough, <laughs> amen. amen, and so there was, the, the little guard shack wasn't very big, but it had a bathroom. You say, what do you mean? Well, you could you could shut that door, turn the lights off in there, get you a little power nap. Amen? Well, they couldn't just drive in because there was a gate, and the only way they could get in was if they I opened the gate. So when they came up and I wasn't in there, guess what they had to do? They had to honk the horn. Well, listen, you come out the restroom, you know, they didn't know you was in there asleep for the most part, Amen. So I mean, but you, so you kind of get a little power. Y'all follow me? Say, Amen. Now, I know y'all probably never did stuff like that. Okay, bunch of chickens. Y'all not gonna say anything. <laughs> well, listen, God doesn't get tired. Uh, he doesn't, you know, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning in the third watch, he doesn't have to take a power nap, or or he doesn't fall asleep. Listen, God is always paying attention to what time it is. So just at the right time, Moses was born. And I've always said that, listen, God's timing is impeccable. Amen. And we can always, listen, have you ever been a recipient of the perfect timing of God in a moment of crisis? Amen. Amen. I mean, God's timing is impeccable. Well, in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 41, if you turn over there, we learned in the 12th chapter, the Bible says, watch this, at the end of 430 years, even the self same day, the emancipation of Israel took place. Well, I've had people say, well, uh oh, preacher, there's another error in the Bible. God said it was only going to be 400 years. But this says 430. Well, if you'll go back and do a little Bible. Listen, it's amazing what you find out if you'll just go back and read a little bit and study. You will discover that the first 30 years that Israel was in Egypt was not a time of affliction. Amen. God said that they would be afflicted in Egypt 400 years. First 30 years was not a part of that. So again, God's timing is perfect. And he'll not be a day late or a moment short. He's always right on time. So the timing of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ was also precisely at the appointed time. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, it tells us, When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son. Listen, there's another time when the fullness of time, when time is going to get full. It's not there yet, but it's about that close. You ever, amen. I mean, you ever had a, played a game and you got the, the um, what do you call that? Yeah, hourglass. Yeah, that's what it was. And I mean, you flip it over and you're trying to get something done before the sand runs out, you know. And I mean, and you're watching it and you're looking and you're, try, you're trying to hurry. And then it finally gets down to this. When it first starts, you're thinking, man, I got plenty of time. But when the sand gets down to about a little bit and it seems like it it moves faster and faster and faster, then you're over here trying to hurry up and get whatever done that you wanted to get done before it runs out. Well, listen, I think we're in that little part of the sands of time and we're about to see the moment when the time begins to get full and the Lord Jesus Christ comes back and gets us. Amen. So it says, in this part, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. Romans chapter 5 and verse 6 It tells us the crucifixion took place At the appointed time Because it says uh, For in due time Christ died for the ungodly So when fullness of time was come God sent forth his son In due time Christ died for the ungodly And I'm here to let you know That when it's time for the Lord Jesus Christ To come back this next time We are out of here Listen Listen Uh, The punctuality uh, of God, now everybody listen real close. The punctuality of God ought to inspire us as God's people to be on time. Amen, Amen. Amen. Amen, preacher. Y'all stay with me. If you smile, then I won't think I'm talking to you. Listen, now let me say that again. The punctuality of God should inspire God's people to be punctual. It dishonors God when we are late or tardy. So what are you trying to say, preacher? Well, I'm trying to say, be on time. Do we not expect God to be on time? Oh, yeah. I mean, when we have a need, God don't be late. Lord I need a blessing right here I I don't need it tomorrow I need it today so do we not Expect God to be on time Well if we expect him to be On time then we Ought to be on time amen Amen. Notice in First two verses we see the family Of Moses it says And there went a man of the House of Levi and took To wife a daughter of Levi and the woman conceived And bare a son and When she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. Now, Moses was not from a prominent family. Even though his birth was more important than the thousands of births among the Israelites, uh, his birth didn't grab any headlines. I mean, you didn't read the newspaper or or look on Facebook and see something that said, The Emancipator of Israel, born. No. No. Didn't see any of that. I mean, uh, his birth didn't attract much attention. In fact, we don't find out who his mother and father are until chapter 6. I mean, look, I mean, it, this is kind of neat to me. Listen, the Bible is an awesome book. Amen. You, you, I'm, I was, I'm, and I'm saying something that was next week, but you can't make this stuff up. I mean, this would make a great... I mean, we see all kinds of things, and and you see all kinds of movies today that are action-packed. And, man, they're they're full of drama and all this kind of stuff. And we're thinking, man, what a great movie. Well, listen, it's right here. It's all right here. Everything, it's right here in this book. So Moses, he's born to an obscure family. We don't find out, again, who his mother and father are until chapter 6. Amram and Jochebed Uh, then we learn in chapter 7 watch that Moses had an older brother named Aaron we don't find that out till chapter 7 listen and Aaron's five years older than than Moses Moses sister had an important role and she's not named until Exodus 15 her exact age is never given in scripture but if you read a little bit, you'll find out that she was probably between 12 and 15 years old when Moses is born. The prominent tribes of Israel at this time, watch, were the tribes of Judah, Reuben, Joseph, and Benjamin. I'll give you an example Reuben was the firstborn. Normally, the firstborn of the family had all the prominence, they had all the blessings, if you will. Judah, was a born leader. He was the mediator between his brothers and Joseph. If you'll go back and read when the brothers learned of Joseph's identity in Egypt. Well Joseph was the prominent one because of his position in Egypt. Benjamin got his prominence because of a special honor that was given to him by Joseph. But Levi was just another tribe. I mean look, at, look it says. And, and there went a man of the house of Levi. Levi. This is the tribe that Noah was born in. But however obscure, listen, however ordinary or plain, that is not a hindrance to being used by God in a great way. Listen, Gideon said in Judges chapter 6 and verse 15, he said, I am a in my father's house. But did that stop God from using him? Absolutely not. David as another was the least of eight sons And considered by his brothers to be insignificant You say well how would you know that Well they didn't even bother to call him When Samuel was coming to the house uh, To look for a king and to anoint someone for God But listen but God didn't count him out His brothers may have They said oh yeah there's one more But he's out there watching the sheep I mean they they belittled him Listen you want to know what hinders God from using you? You do. Listen, by place, listen, we hinder God by placing guidelines on Him, by placing stipulations or limitations on Him. Listen, when it comes to Him using us, we say, Now, Lord, I can't do that. I, I would, but, you know, I've got some planned that day. I'm, I've got, I'm busy that day, or, or you know, I, I really that, that's really taking a lot out of my schedule, and, you know, I really want to, but I really want to be used. Really? Wait a minute. I mean, um, I don't want to do that, or I don't want to go there. Listen, be careful. When you do that, you lose out on God's favor. Yeah. We don't need to concern ourselves about the details. Why? Because God is a God of details. He'll work all that out. If you'll take care of the faith part, faith in God, trust in God, then God'll take care of everything else. I don't know there's a verse of scripture I think that goes along with that a little bit. It's uh Matthew 6:33, I think, Amen. but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Yeah. God'll take care of the details. God'll take care, take the ordinary to accomplish the extraordinary. He'll take the obscure and make them clear, apparent, and unquestionable in His service. And, and why does He do it? In order that He might receive the glory. That's the whole point. Not that somebody will come along and, man, that you're bend up. I want to Oh, good job! Praise the Lord! You're so awesome. No, wait a minute. It's so God can get the glory for that. Not me. Not you. But Him. And we're seeing that. So God is taking. Moses from from the tribe of Levi, and by the way, it's a cursed tribe. Right, yeah. You say, how do you know that? Well, look back in Genesis chapter 34 and verse 30. I'm not going to go into all the details. That's a whole, that'll take me 15 minutes, and, and I want to try to get done by 3.30. I might make it. Genesis chapter thirty four verse thirty, you find where Jacob he's talking to Levi and Simeon, and he tells them, "Ye have troubled me to make me stink among the inhabitants of the land." Now you go and find, and if you want to find out, you uh, uh, Simeon and and, uh, and Levi are in trouble because they went out and did something without Jacob's knowledge, and they, I mean they, they have messed up everything. But here in the book of Exodus, it's about redemption. It's about deliverance from bondage, and not just physical bondage, but spiritual bondage. So it's only fitting that the emancipator of Israel would come from the tribe of Levi. In this we can see the Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest deliverer of all. He came to earth as a human, was identified with sinful man, that he might deliver us and give us eternal, everlasting life. You see, all we have to do is receive his gift, trust him as Savior, and he will do the rest. Moses' life, think about this, lifted the Levites from the curse of shame and disgrace to, and brought them to a place of honor. Amen. You may be from the wrong neighborhood. You may be from a family that has not counted for Christ. You may have went to the wrong school at the wrong time and, you know, etc., etc., and whatever. But listen, you can change all that. Listen, you can change that by giving yourself to the the will and the purpose of God for your life. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what your last name is. Listen, God can still use you and me. Just like he did Moses. Notice the attitude of Moses. Now, you'll have to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to be over there in a minute. We talked a little bit last week about... The Jewish women and when it came time to give birth, how it really became a time of concern rather than joy. You know, they didn't have sonograms. Right. They didn't, you know, they didn't have a, a, a reveal party. Right. Come on. That's right. You know, they didn't shoot off a, a, an arrow through a balloon and blue or pink smoke pop out and all this kind of stuff. No, right. the, when they didn't know it was a boy or a girl until they were born. And I can imagine the concern on these young mothers as they were giving birth to their children because they knew the decree of, uh, of the king of Egypt or the Pharaoh there. They knew that, listen, that they had a death sentence upon them. And so they were worried uh, about what was taking place. And, and so when Jochebed gave birth, now watch as we understand that Uh, That uh, there were a lot of attitudes that could have prevailed there in in the life of Jochebed. But I want you to see this. That it was an attitude of faith. Uh, The attitude of the parents of Moses was an attitude of faith. Hebrews 11.23. Notice what it says. It says by faith Moses when he was born. Watch. Was hid three months of his parents. Amron and Jochebed hid Moses for three months. You say, well, why only three months? Well, listen, have you ever seen a baby three months old? It's kind of hard to get them to be quiet sometime. It's kind of hard to hide them. Well, three months have went by. And if you look back in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 3, it tells us when they could hide him no longer, that he was put in bulrushes and laid in the flags by the river's brink where he would be seen by the princes. The daughter of Pharaoh. Listen, when they did that, the princess had compassion on it. Listen, that's the hand of God moving. Right. Um, and I mean, and, and, and his sister said, uh, it's like, oh, look, there's a basket in the princess of Pharaoh. You know, this is all planned. This is the plan of God, by the way. Uh, we, we still have to trust and have faith in God. But listen, God's got a plan. So they put him in this, we're going to talk about this more next week, but they put him in this basket, they send him down this part of the river, and the princess of Pharaoh finds him and pulls the lid off, he starts crying. And I would imagine, you know, like a, maybe she's never had a child before, I don't know, but perhaps, and the baby starts crying. You ever seen somebody, a new dad, or a new, especially a new dad, when the baby starts crying? I mean, they have no clue. So here's his sister, the baby's crying You want me to go get somebody to take care of him for you? Yes! So guess who they go and get? The mother And the mother says, "Hey," or, or the princess says Hey, you come take care of this baby And you know what, I'll pay you Now moms, how would you like to get paid For raising your own kid? Amen, that'd be awesome you know, I, I mean, uh, Jochebed would have done it for free. Right, right, right. Uh, but they hire Moses' mother to care for him. And because of the faith of Moses' parents, watch, Moses' life was saved. Right. Amron and Jochebed showed great faith in God and his word. And, and this is the attitude that we see in them. But it's the attitude that ought to govern each of our lives as well. It'll help us meet crisis in our lives with victory instead of defeat. Faith, listen, faith is the greatest blessing and the greatest heritage that we could ever give our kids. Parents today, we think, listen, oh, we got to get them involved in basketball, in football, in soccer, and we got to do gymnastics, or we got to do, what? I mean, you just name us golf. I mean, you can name a sport but the greatest thing that we can instill in our children today is faith that's the greatest gift listen we we think that all those other things are important listen those things are well and good in and of themselves but they do not and cannot take the place of faith and they're only going to get that from us as parents the result of our children are are, are taught uh, that church watch the things of god are Are not important when we put all these other things in the place of God. We make them think that they're optional. Listen, what we're doing today is not optional. I mean, it's important. But we have gotten to the place where all these things, you know, used to, Sundays was important. I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, you remember the blue law? You know, and I mean, I was old enough to remember some of that stuff. You know, you didn't do that on Sunday. Right. You know, my daddy wouldn't even let us go outside and play. You know why? Oh, no, you can't go outside and play. It's Sunday. It's Sunday. You go in there and take a nap. Not today. Man, we hurry home and we got to, you know, mow grass or do whatever. Yeah, but listen, uh, but we teach our children today by by not being faithful to the things of God, that God is optional. But listen, faith is the most important thing. Look in Ezekiel chapter 20. We see not only the attitude of faith, but the presence of faith. Ezekiel, and look in chapter 20. And we'll see that much of Israel in the land of Egypt was given up to idolatry. In chapter 20, look in verse six, and, 6 through 8. It says, In the day that I lifted up mine hand unto them to bring them forth of the land of Egypt into a land that I had espied for them, flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of all lands. It says, Then said I unto them, look what it says, Cast ye away every man the abominations of his eyes, and defile not yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God you know what happened much if not most of of the jews had abandoned their faith for idols but when we read here in exodus chapter 2 there were still some who walked by faith among those were a family with a husband named amram and a mother named jacobed Those parents, watch, even though they were an obscure couple among the thousands of Israelites, listen, who had abandoned God to turn to idols, they were still faithful. Listen, their personal circumstances were horrific. Think about it. We talked about this. They were tortured. Uh, These slave masters made it. They worked... uh, Uh, Hours of labor that you and I will never understand or even grasp in our minds, yet they maintain their faith in God. Listen, much of things today, we are, listen, we are spoiled at best uh, as Americans. Amen. God has been good to us. And the first time we face adversity or something, oh no, my microwave quit working. Oh, what am I going to do? My electricity went off. Yeah. Now my ice cream's gonna melt. Yeah. Yeah. What a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, these guys were tortured, right. slave labor. Yeah, and when they were confronted with Christ's watch, they still maintained their faith. Yeah. 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 They conducted themselves in a godly manner and they trusted God. Listen, God help us to learn that when bad things happen and trials and temptations come our way, and they will come because we talked about that this morning, that when, when you are persecuted, when they revile you for my name's like, listen, it's coming. God help us to conduct ourselves in a godly manner and just trust God for it. But once again, watch this, we see that here and through Scripture, that it's possible to live a Christian life in a godless world. They did it. Amen. We're talking about Daniel on Wednesday nights. He did it. Amen. And now here's another couple early on. Jacobed and Amran and, and they're slaves in Egypt. There's a decree that, listen, if they have a male baby, you're supposed to throw him into the Nile River. Right. But they still live godly. Amen. They still exercise their faith. Listen, even though there were few Jews doing so, these two did. Right, yeah. Listen, you know what that tells me? You don't have to go along with the crowd. Amen. You can put away with all malice the excuses men offer, listens, to justify failure, their failure, to live by faith in this wicked society. Oh, I couldn't do it because... Oh, God understands if I don't do this or if I fail over here. Wait a minute. Away with the excuses. Come on. Listen, we can still do it. The Bible plainly teaches here that faith is not dependent upon favorable conditions. It depends on the heart of the individual. You know, we can do it if we just want to. If we exercise a little spiritual self-discipline, are y'all still y'all getting all the quiet? You can try and excuse failure in the, I mean, by the fact that you know we well, I had a bad upbringing, preacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was tough. I had to walk through shag carpet to turn the channel on my TV. I had to walk 15 feet. And when I came back and sat down, if my daddy didn't like that channel, I had to go back. And if the reception was bad, I had to be the one that would go over there and stand and hold that antenna or adjust the aluminum foil on it. Preacher, you just don't know what I went through All you All right, y'all can say, man. You know, but listen, we we think, we look at that stuff. Well, preacher, I I just had a bad family life. I've had people say this. Well, preacher, I've had a bad church experience. Well, I'm sorry that's happened. However, depends on the heart of the individual. I mean, we can excuse it by a bad upbringing bad environment or or even through a bad religious experience. But it's evident here, right here where we're reading that there were many who came before you and me who had it much worse than you or I and their faith stood strong. Yeah, Lack of advantages do not excuse the lack of faith. Lack of advantages... Watch this. Do not excuse or limit the achievement of faith. It's a matter of the heart. It's right here. That's why the Bible says, book of Proverbs, listen to, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues issues of life. Proverbs 4.23. Listen, uh, we can do it today. And, 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 you know, I don't mean to sound, I'm not a doomsday kind of guy, but. I don't really think it's going to get much better. Come on. Yeah, come on. You know, I can still hear my dad's voice ringing in my ear as he preaches and saying, you know, it, it one of these days, come to church and doing what God said. He said, it may come to the place where it separates the men from the boys. Yeah. 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 They tried that already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Listen, God help us. There's a lot of churches today that that did not fare as well as Central Park. Yeah. Brother Marco and I was talking about this the other day. Yeah, yeah. They were talking about how bad COVID was to them. And yeah. and I brother, I can still hear Brother Marco say, well, you know, I, I really hated to tell him. and But he asked. <laughs> and he said, you know, Central Park grew. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. You know why? Amen. Because circumstances do not determine... The work of God, period. It's all about the heart of the people. Can I tell you, it's going to keep being that way. And if we continue and move forward, it's going to be because you have stood strong in the faith. Moses' parents had faith in the worst of times. He was born at the worst of time, and he succeeded. He was alive. God used him to lead his people. We're going to go through all this. But just in the worst of times is the best time for God to step up and show who he is. He'll do the same thing. Just like he did here, he'll do it for you too. All you got to do is just stand firm in the faith. And all God's people can say, Father, help us. Lord, I pray, God, that you would... Lord, help us to be strong in our faith. Lord, Amram and... And Jochebed, Lord, they show us that even in the worst of times, God, they were in the worst of circumstances. Lord, their society and even their own people, their friends perhaps, have turned away from you and turned to idols. But God, these two didn't. And Lord, you used them in a great way. They came from a, a, the wrong neighborhood, the wrong tribe, all these things. But God, you still used them. That, did, that doesn't matter all you need is someone to step up and say, Lord, I'll, I'm here. And, and stand firm in our faith. And God, you'll show yourself as strong uh, in, in our life if we'll just allow you to use us. So, Lord, I pray that you'd help us and strengthen us. May we be strong in the faith. Lord, may we be the kind of Christian that you would have us to be. I don't know what folks are going through this afternoon, but God, you do. Maybe they they have faced some things this week and been persecuted, and uh, God maybe Satan has turned up the heat in their life, whatever that might be. But God, if we'll just stand firm, that's Lord, that's when when Satan's at his best. God, that's when you come through and show show us that that they are no match for you. So speak to our hearts this afternoon. Give this invitation, and I'll give you praise in Jesus' name, Amen. While we stand and always sing and we're just going to sing a verse if the Lord speak it to you.